tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. podcast for a uh, Friday. We are, um, are we at the middle of summer? Depends on when you think summer is over. You know, when you were in school, summer was over the end of August. You know, Labor Day was the end of, of summer. But really, September is, is a summer month in terms of weather. September, and yeah, I was going to say September, sometimes it's the best month. And, you know, we still don't know whether people are going to be going back to work. We still don't know. Uh, we're hoping that our kids get to go to school uh so you well we're you, heading in the right that, direction at least our country is yeah the rest of the world is in a mess uh, wow. america, america yeah. is a uh, is you know who knows where they're going see california told people they uh, you go indoors even if you're vaccinated you have to wear masks again well it's about damn time you know, what they yeah. need is to get the Republicans uh, to put a needle in their arm. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I brought this up. I apologize to the to all the listeners. I'm sorry. We gave, I gave Bob a, an inch and he took well, a Republican mile. A Republican mile. Oh, I took a Democrat mile. But anyway, um, they'll worry about what they got going on and we'll worry about what we go, got going on. And knock on wood, yeah. we seem to be headed in the right direction and good on Canada for um, be patient. the vast Just majority standing up and saying, okay, I got to take a shot. I got to protect myself and I got to protect those around me. And, any and, if you're, uh, and if you're contemplating not getting your vaccine, please rethink it. Get a vaccination. It's, it's not just for you. It's for everybody around you and for your loved ones. Stop being stubborn and stupid. We have too many stupid That's people in the world right now. We don't need you added to the list. So Go get your shot. Doesn't hurt at all. Feel nothing. Um, we're going to talk about the Olympic Games. What? Yeah, we're going to talk about the Olympic Games. Um, our friend Scott Russell, who will be the host, primary host uh, this year on uh, CBC. And lots to talk about because these are going to be Olympics, the likes of which I suspect, I hope, we only see this Never one see. time. Yeah, and 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 quite frankly, with the with the NBA season going as long as it did, the NHL season going along as long as it did, uh, we didn't get that nat and Major League Baseball always on. We didn't get that natural buildup in that four to six week introduction to the athletes. I mean, we, hockey's just over, basketball's still going, and you know we're we're not that far away from the opening of the games. We're gonna talk to Scott Russell when we come back after these messages. It's McCowan. It's uh, Shannon for a Friday, and uh, we are how long away from the Olympics starting, John? You know all this stuff. Uh, a, a, while. Week. a couple. Weeks. <laughs> Wait, a but while. we need we need we need we need, we need to we needed to do a, a bit of a seminar uh, on uh, who to watch for and uh, what's going on and how much we're going to see, and so uh, this was an important show to do. 
Well, um, and nobody better to do it than our pal uh, Scott Russell of CBC, who uh, joins us here. It's been a while since I've seen you, since we used to uh, uh, fight at the uh, Lou Marsh Awards. How are you? <laughs> yeah, great, great, Bob. Uh, John, great to see you guys and uh, talk about the Olympics. You know my favorite thing. John, you know all about that. And uh, yeah. can't wait. And uh, to answer your question, we are uh, a week away from the opening ceremony. There you go. Really? Hey, a week? Uh, it, Holy it, cow. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. By the way, did, didn't at one point McCowan have primetime sports and Russell have primetime plus or something like that at seven o'clock on the radio? Didn't you have a radio show for a while? I think it was. Yes, it was. What was what was the name of that radio uh, network that we used to work on there? And we go to Holly Street. And uh, what was the network called? Wasn't it the National Rate National Sports Radio NSR? Something like that. Yeah, absolutely. That was a big hey, John. That was a big ratings hit eh, when I was on that well, show. You know that. <laughs> and, uh, well, it made a huge impact on you too, didn't it? You couldn't even remember the name. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, you two would like to get a room and uh, discuss. Uh, uh, <laughs> okay. That'd be okay with me. <laughs> so, under normal circumstances here, Russell, um, most of the population learns about the athletes either in the weeks leading up to the Olympics or more accurately, perhaps during the Olympics during which is why anybody who carries the Olympics for TV does features on the various athletes so that you're informed. And I know there's no changing this, but um, with COVID with everything being shut down, I confess to you, I know nothing about these athletes as we get ready to start. How problematic do you see that as these games are set to begin? Well, it's, it's been a difficult year, Bob, a difficult uh, 18 months in order to acquaint people with Olympic athletes in this country. We've tried to carry on at Road to the Olympic Games at CBC and, and put on what programming we can uh, for instance, the International Swimming League, uh, which occurred uh, last year, last summer in, in Budapest, where the, the greatest swimmers in the world, in, including Canadians like Kylie Moss and the great American Caleb Dressel, we tried to put that programming on. But in the absence of so much major international competition, you're right, it's a huge challenge. So, so now when we get to these Olympic Games, more than ever, it's a, it's a showcase and we're, we're going to learn who they are quickly, hopefully quickly, uh, over the course of 16 days. But it, it's been a huge problem because unlike many professional sports, high-performance sport has been shut right down for, uh, for the duration of, uh, of the pandemic. We are uh, also... Scotty, sorry, just, so, Scotty, how, are the, how, how have the athletes adapted then? What have they done? Well, a lot of them have been forced into to training at home, uh, adapting their training methods. 
Um, they've, they've, you know, conducted virtual competitions, if you can believe that. Brenda Irving, who's my colleague, and John, you know Brenda, and so do you, Bob, but uh, she, she's come up with a wonderful documentary about Ellie Black and the Canadian women's gymnastics team that has had to qualify for the games virtually uh, through this whole process. And I, I'm telling you that the struggles that these athletes have gone through just to get to the games is remarkable. And, um, you know, uh, the, the Canadian swim trials, for instance, which were held at the Pan Am Center in Toronto, were pared down. There were, there were no fans there. It was by invitation only. Uh, and they had to swim a certain standard in order to, to gain entry to the Olympic team. Uh, everybody's had to make adjustments. But the one thing that I, I will say is, is that the high performance athletes um, incredibly want to go to these games. They want to be there. They know that they're gonna face incredible restrictions just to compete, but they have a desire to get there. Professional athletes, that's another story. Well, in the amateur athletes, that's not surprising. The window for an amateur athlete to compete at the highest level in the world and to go to an Olympics, for many of them, if not most of them, it's one shot. Yeah, there are some who go to two, three, even multiple Olympics, more than that, but those are really rare, aren't they? Uh, yeah, absolutely, Bob. I, I, it's a one-shot deal. It's you know, it's an old cliche, and it's it's very hackneyed, but it is. It's the Olympic dream for many of these athletes that uh, they get there once in their lifetime. And remember, uh, to become an Olympian, it is a tiny, minuscule fraction of the world's population gets to be an Olympian. Sure. And um, I, I think it, it is. It's that once in a lifetime chance um, to get there to the pinnacle of sport. And, and to have this delayed by a year has eliminated some of those people who, who are now uh, beyond the limit of being able to qualify. In, in, in some ways, it's, it's a bit of a tragedy. Did you have your doubts that... Um these Olympics this year without fans would, would actually come to fruition, Scott? Yeah, I did. Uh, I did have my doubts. I wrestled with it. And I have to tell you, John, that it's, it's, it's been difficult for, for those who, who will broadcast or, or bring the Olympic story to Canadians that every day we hear news about uh, rising cases of COVID in, in Japan uh, that the, the people of Japan uh, started to have reservations about whether or not they wanted the games to be conducted. Uh, every day it changed whether or not there were going to be fans in the stands, and now there aren't uh, because it's a state of emergency. So yeah, right, right up until this very day, uh, we wonder what bad news is coming next. But the thing that you have to take to heart is that the Olympics are scheduled to begin on July 23rd uh, with the opening ceremony at the Olympic Stadium, the National Stadium in Tokyo. Um, there won't be fans, but the athletes will march. And so far, the green light is there. And you, you have to take that to heart if, if you're going to bring this story home. How, how, do, how do you, I mean, we've all seen professional sports, for the most part, uh, deal with no fans. 
um, in your planning, in, in what, uh, what, your, what your producers have done, what the IOC and the, and the local committee have done, how, how do you think we're going to notice no fans at the venues? Well, I think there'll be, uh, I think there'll be some effort made to um, increase the, the sound quality of the venue, uh, you know, whether it's artificial crowd noise, obviously the be best technicians in the world uh, are there working for the Olympic Broadcast Service in order to provide the ambient sound of the stadium. Um, I, I think what's really going to occur here is um, the, the athletics or the sport will, will be the story of these games. This, this is about pure performance. Um, the external factors like the crowd uh, supporting a certain athlete um, the cultural aspect of the games, you know, seeing Tokyo and, and what life is like in Japan, that's going to be absent, I think, to a large extent from, from this Olympiad. Uh, what will be of primary importance is the sport itself and the performance. So we're going to get the men's 100 meter final and Andre de Grasse of Canada is going to be a player and it's, it's going to be a foot race to see who becomes the Olympic champion. So that the primary character in this whole scenario will become uh, the athlete and will become the sport itself. To, to clarify, you, you aren't going, uh, but in the, in the lead up, in the, in the five-year lead up to these games, have you been there? Yes, I have. I've been to Tokyo and, uh, you know, the, the stadiums are magnificent. They're complete. Uh, you know, it, in, in all those other games, whether it's uh, Brazil or, or Greece, um, we've had concerns about uh, readiness, uh, whether or not the, the organizers are going to be able to pull this off. This is not a question in, in Tokyo. Um, the venues are, are immense, uh, state of the art. Tokyo has been ready to go for a year um, or more. And, mm -hmm. and, and so, uh, man, it's, 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 the only sad thing is that, that people won't be in those stadiums to to take in the spectacle. And, and I, I think, and, and you've been to more games than I have, but we've both been to games. Bob's been to a games. Um, we, we're not going to hear about the stories of the Olympic Village, are we? And really so much revolves around on the social aspect of an Olympics of how great it is to be inside the village. Because I believe those those parameters have changed too, haven't they? Yeah, they have, and, and, and athletes will be traveling uh, from their village, where, wherever it is, because some of the uh, competitions will occur outside Tokyo, in, in Sapporo, for instance, or in, in uh, Yokohama. But uh, it will be about the athletes traveling in a bubble uh, on a shuttle from the Olympic Village to their venue, competing, getting back to the village, and then they'll exit the Olympic City uh, soon after their competition is over. But you talk about uh, life in the village. Uh, I can't remember, John, whether you were there in Sydney in 2000, but there was the great story of uh, Steve Nash, who lived in the village at that time uh, while he was playing and leading that Canadian men's basketball team. And I remember visiting him in the village one day, mm -hmm. and he's playing ping pong with the, the, the Canadian gymnasts, you know, and it, it was great because there's that whole aspect of, of what it is to be an Olympian and become a part of the Olympic family. Well, I can, 98, the stories of 98, where uh, if you talk to the NHL players, 
it wasn't near as much about the experience of playing the games maybe as it was that whole village in Nagano and how much fun they had and being in the cafeteria line with athletes from other sports and just rubbing shoulders with greatness themselves. And, and, and then on the other hand, the other athletes meeting their professional idols. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, uh, when having, having uh, Gretzky in the stands in 2002 and, and Jerome McGinla and all the guys watching the women's hockey team play. And, the, you know, I remember in, in Salt Lake City that Mario Lemieux was fascinated with curling and, you know, attended some of the curling matches. I mean, it, it was just great stuff. And it is, it's, 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 it's a big Olympic family. Well, you know, John, I've always said this, it's, it's the biggest sporting event in the world. It's the most all-encompassing sporting spectacle in the world. And, and the one thing that you have to hold on to is that at these games in Tokyo, sport will be at the very center of the whole deal. Well, you know, you guys are talking about the social atmosphere of, of an Olympic Games. But, under, but, under but so much, I, you know, so much, so much of previous games, Bob, it, 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 the, the athletics and the sports are really important. But the aura that the Olympics have always created, that's really what makes a game successful. Well, that's and where that's, I was going to go. The, that's the challenge that that is the challenge that these Olympics uh, have uh in order to try to make them really palatable for for well, a, a non-sports market really because remember the audience the audience isn't a hardcore sports person the audi- the audience is the is a, a, a the masses and that's going to be interesting to see how they do it well i'm i'm less concerned i mean uh, you know when you watch a games on television which 99.99% of the world does you're watching the athletic events. Unless you've been to an Olympics, you really don't understand the social atmosphere that coexists with that, with that level of competition. And it seems clear that there's no chance that these athletes, if this is their only Olympics, will experience what every other athlete since the beginning of time has experienced away from the field of play, mm-hmm. which is the kind of stuff that you guys are talking about, the kind of stuff we all, all of us have seen and experienced that opportunity to see other athletes, meet other athletes, get to know other athletes. My goodness, have sexual relations with other athletes. <laughs> hold, hold on, hold on, hold that on. That never what? happens, Bob, in an Olympic Games. No, no, it's never happens. talked about. It happens plenty. It just isn't talked about. That used to be, remember the press release? There used to be a press release about two days before the game started of how many condoms had been distributed at the village. The provider was an official Olympic sponsor, right? As, that, and part of the Olympic right. family. Hey, but you, know, you, got, you guys bring up a great point. And, and I think Bob is so right that, uh, you know, uh, and part of the broadcast is, is seeing those athletes. And let's say in this case, uh, would have uh, been at the Shibuya crossing, which is, you know, the honeycomb crossing in downtown Tokyo the busiest intersection in the world. And, and to see the athletes down there, uh, Nigerians mingling with Americans and Canadians and, and Romanians, I mean, that, that occurs. And that is, Bob, you are so right, a huge part of the aura of the games. I will contend this. These, these games, in spite of the absence of that aura, are extremely significant games uh, for the relevance of the Olympic movement. Uh, at no time in our history, and this, this applies to professional athletes, Olympic athletes, 
at no time in our history have athletes been more empowered, have they been more socially conscious and more willing and uh, uh, demanding to express themselves. And so, so these games will be very important in terms of how will, will gender equality be presented. There's word today from uh, the British women's soccer team that they will take a knee uh, before every one of their matches and that the IOC has made provision with Rule 50, which forbids political protests or demonstrations on the field of play. They've made provision that, you know, uh, peaceful demonstrations of protest, so long as they don't disrupt sport, uh, will be allowed. And that's a major, I think, I think these games are watershed to ensure that the Olympic movement remains relevant. And so the athletes, although they won't experience um, that aura and that festivity, they are imbued with the importance and the important role that they will play in ensuring the longevity of the movement. Uh, I want to get to something that um, you two guys can address um, because of your history with um, Olympics and with sports in general. We'll do that after we take this break. Back after this. Scott Russell of CBC is uh, with us. He will be um, one of the hosts for uh, the Olympic what, coverage. Are you the prime, are you the prime time anchor? Are you the prime time anchor? Prime time anchor, yes. And my buddy so what time is that? there too, right? She's, she's, yeah, yeah, yeah. so, so what, what, what time, what time is that? I mean, we have to figure this out because it, it, it's 12, 12 hours time difference, correct? Yeah. From I, Eastern mean, I, I think it might even be 13, John, but okay. So prime, prime time here uh, in the Eastern time zone, uh, we'll be on at seven o'clock every evening and we'll go right through uh, until about two in the morning. Uh, when Alex Depati will take over, the Olympic diver, uh, who's hosting that sort of late night show in the East, but, you know, uh, is prime time in the West. And uh, that uh, time zone is about eight o'clock in the morning when I come on yeah. the air, will be eight o'clock in the morning the next day in Japan. So, uh, yeah, it's a big time, time difference. So one of the things that we learned one of the things that evolved during the pandemic when it comes to sport, and we're talking professional sport here, but it's not relative. When we, when this notion of games being played, events taking place with no fans, yes, it was strange. Um, and over time, yes, we got used to it. We, we became a little more accustomed to seeing it. But one of the other things that happened was that the technology adapted and as every week passed the crowd noise the sophistication of the simulated crowd noise got stronger and better to the point where if you didn't see there was nobody in the stands you really wouldn't know that there was nobody there which raises an intriguing point for both of you one of the things about an olympics that presents an opportunity, I think, is the ability or willingness for the, for the television coverage to emphasize natural sound rather than fake crowd noise. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering what you guys think of the notion of 
literally eliminating, and I know it's a week to the games, you know, the decisions have already been made, but in theory, what about the notion of eliminating the simulated crowd noise and focusing entirely on natural sound? Would that be a good idea or is it, would it be too foreign? Well, it, it's certainly interesting. You know, I, I think back to uh, 1996 and the men's 100 meters, which Donovan Bailey of Canada won. And I remember the uh, crowd being quite noisy. And then when the guys went into the blocks, you know, 80,000 people in Atlanta in the stadium and you could hear a pin drop. That to me is, is natural sound. That's something that would be very difficult to replicate. Um, and so I'm, I'm going to be very interested to see, Bob, whether or not the organizers of these games, and, and quite frankly, you know, thousands of miles away, I don't know what they're going to do for sure. Mm -hmm. But it, it might be an empty 90,000 seat stadium when the men run the 100 meter final. And maybe just the natural sound, the sound of the gun, and these guys roaring to the finish line might be better. I, yeah, I'm it, not sure. That's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. You talk about that's a really good example. But after the gun goes, Scott, you know, and we've all seen it is the crescendo yeah. that occurs as they go from the first 30 meters to 70 meters and to the last 30 meters is and by the time they cross the finish line, the, the place is in an uproar. Oh yeah. Uh, so that'll 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 be uh, that'll be interesting to watch. And I I would I wouldn't be surprised. And I think this is important too because in reading some of the, some of what NBC has been trying to do, is they do what Bob talks about is you know what they do on day two after the opening ceremonies, uh, they may not be doing on day seventeen. They they may change and say it didn't work. We've got we've got to be better. And in this day and age, as you guys know. Uh, social media will tell will social media will tell the networks and tell the IOC and and the, the organizing committee uh, what they like and what they don't like, uh, and that will be fascinating to be able to see. I want to I want to talk about something. What would you two guys like to see? Would you is the concept of just the natural sound actually using boom mics, directional mics, to ensure in the absence of the cacophony of noise that we usually get. You, you know, the thought of actually hearing the footsteps of the runners in the 100-meter dash, their breathing patterns, those kinds of things, would that be intriguing? Absolutely Once. would be intriguing. Once. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and, you know, John, you're right. Once. But uh, it's, it's so hard to predict that. And, well, of and, course, yeah. And, and But the, because the thing is, I, I re distinctly remember being in that the bird's nest in, in 08 in Beijing when Bolt ran 969 yeah. and the crowd made that. It was an explosion. It's, I, I think it's a factor. I know that I know in speaking with Andre de Grasse, um, he worries about that. He worries about walking out into an empty stadium to take his place in the blocks. And 
will will it invigorate him as much as it could? I right. I don't know. I think we all are going to find out. Yeah, I, you know, I I do, you know, let's face it. it, it as as great as we'd we'd love to see the place full. Um, but, uh, they are, they are part of the set pieces of a, of a, of an entertainment show, the crowd that is, um, the event occurs, the crowd's part of it. Um, if they do it properly and the crowd appears subtly, uh, I, I think we may still enjoy that, that, that uh, uh, that effect. Uh, I, I, I agree. Uh, the, the, we've, we've heard a lot of athletes talk about over the last 18 months, uh, the adrenaline rush just isn't there at times when they don't hear people cheering for them. I mean, how, that, and that's, that's going to be the, that might be the tough, it might be tougher on the athletes than it is on the people watching or listening. Really. It might be. I just think, I just wonder whether this isn't a unique opportunity guys that may be lost. If the emphasis is entirely on uh, assimilating a crowd noise that, that really yeah. doesn't exist. So much money at stake, Bob. I mean, not, not about the athletes, so much money at stake for creating the proper presentation, the amount of advertising yeah, what that is goes that? around That's the it. What, what risk, what, what risks do you want to take to upset everybody? It become that becomes a, a real, do we want to do it to upset people is going to be a question that uh, network executives, organizing committee sponsors all have to ask. They, they have to be able to adapt as the games go on, in my opinion. Um, hey, I, I want to talk, talk about some of the Canadian athletes, uh, Scotty. Um, you know, in, in, in Rio, uh, Penny Alexiak took us all by storm. Uh, are, are we going to see the same with Summer McIntosh? Well, we're, we're, we're going to see her make an impression. I, I believe that uh, at, the, at the swim trials, she showed that she is 14 years old, fearless. 14 years old. Yeah, doesn't, doesn't know what fear is. Um, and as Penny herself said, uh, because Penny finished second to her in the 200 meter freestyle, uh, Penny said, this, this, uh, swimmer, uh, is, is all gas. She doesn't know quit. She just steps on the accelerator. Um, and I think, I think she can certainly make a final, uh, at 200 meters and maybe even at 800 meters. Cause she'll swim against, uh, her hero, the great. Katie Ledecky of the United States and Summer McIntosh is probably going to make um, an impression in the four by 200 meter freestyle relay for Canada alongside Penny. Um, yeah, she could, she could be really, really cool. A throwback, a little bit of a throwback to Nancy Garapick who won a couple of medals for Canada in 1976 <laughs> in Montreal, who was only 14 years of age. Uh, uh, Robin Corsiglia, is the youngest Canadian swimmer uh, to win a medal. She was 13 guys when she won a bronze medal in the relay in Montreal in 76. Well, it's a, the, the measure the measure for me, I'm, and I'm older than you, Scott, the measure for me was the 67 Pan Am Games and Elaine Tanner, right? Absolutely. And, Mighty Mouse. And, and, and Mighty Mouse. Yeah. 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 And, and she was sick. I believe she was 16. Yeah. And we thought, oh my goodness, how can we have a 16 year old athlete representing us? This is supposed to be grown ups And, uh, and now they see that uh, that that summer is 14 years old, and as you talked about, has has beaten Penny in the in the pool. Yeah. Uh, what, now, what, what's your expectation for for her? Um, I mean, every, she's trying to remind people that she's got a few medals, and 
Um, and, and she's, she's still got some compete in her, but she's one of those people that, as you talked about it over the, uh, at the beginning that they've suffered because of what's, uh, what's gone on with the pandemic. What, what do you expect out of Alexiak? Well, I, I, expectations are rising, I think. Um, she, uh, at the trials, uh, in the 100 meter freestyle, which is the event she won the gold medal in, in Rio, um, and tied with Simone Manuel of the United States, who, by the way, hasn't hasn't qualified in that event. Penny uh, Penny swam very close to her Canadian record in the 100 meter freestyle, and she uh, has the fourth fastest time uh, in the world this year, uh, and looks to be gaining steam. She had a couple of down years, had a lot of distractions, uh, changed where she was training and who her coaching staff was. Um, I think she looks a lot better and, and I think we're starting to expect things. And you know, what's really great is, is by virtue of Summer McIntosh being there uh, and training in that kind of a competitive environment, I think Penny's getting a bit of a push right now. And uh, I think she'll be great. I, I think she'll be a real strength in the relays as well. And Canadians will contend, the Canadian women, certainly in three relay events the medley, uh, the four by 100 and the four by 200. So I think where, big things. Where, where is this team? Uh, and, and, uh, when, and when I say that, I mean, we, we, we know the Alexiaks, we know the Andre de Grasses, we know some of our stars, but where's the rest of this team? Is this a, a developmental team or is this a team that's uh, near the pinnacle of their careers? I, I, I think, uh, I think in, in terms of the big sports, um, and I'm talking athletics and swimming and diving. So uh, athletics and aquatics. I think this is a team that can really produce, um, you know, 22 medals in Rio. Uh, 16 of those medals came from Canadian women. I think that might be mirrored a little bit here in Tokyo. Mm. The Canadian women's team is, is very strong. 65% of the athletes going for Canada are women. Um, but uh, I, I think, you know, you're forgetting about some really key people when you mention Andre de Grasse, Yes, key factor, key character. Penny Alexiak, yes. Kylie Moss, world champion in the pool. So is Maggie McNeil, world champion. Um, but then look at, look at Damian Warner, the decathlete. He just won the hypo meeting for like the fifth time. He's near 9,000 points. He might win the gold medal in... He has a great chance to win the gold medal in the decathlon. Uh, he's a great, great athlete. We have some wonderful middle distance runners. Mohamed at 5,000 meters is fantastic. Won a medal at the world championships. I think this team has a real chance to produce. It's, it's a very, very good Olympic team. Well, you will have, uh, give or take, 100 or more hours on the air to introduce <laughs> us to all these athletes and we are not going to be able to um, match that over the uh, the measly 30 minutes or so that we have so hold on no, but, but are we going to get tired of Simone Biles though is what I want to know Scotty I, I mean are we this is this going to be is this going to be the Simone Biles show at uh, at gymnastics it, it's well, she's gonna pretty be, good and she's pretty good it's going to be the Simone Biles show you know she she sews the goat into her uniform and she's not ashamed to say I'm the greatest of all time. You kind of got to like that jam in an athlete. She, she puts it out there and, and walks the walk uh, as yeah. well as talking the talk.
But, uh, you know, if she wins back-to-back uh, all-around titles, only two other women have done that uh, in gymnastics history. She has a chance to win more gold medals in gymnastics than Larissa Latadina uh, of the Soviet Union. Uh, she could become the greatest of all time. The answer, John, is an emphatic yes. It will be go. the Simone Biles show. Yeah, and, <laughs> and, and I'll watch because she does things that you go, wow. And, and that's, that's why you watch the Olympic Games. Because you get to see athletes do things in sports that, with which you are not intimately familiar. And they are so extraordinary, you, you marvel at it. And that's why you're going to be on for 100 plus hours. And we're hey, going to watch. We, we, should, we should also mention the Canadian women's basketball team. They have uh, a yes. chance for a medal. Yes. They have a chance for a medal. And, and as much as we were disappointed that the men didn't make it, we should really be pushing how good this basketball team is and does have a chance to be on the podium. Kia Nurse, Natalia Chanwa, uh, you know, uh, it, it's a really, really good basketball team. Lisa Tomaitis is a fantastic coach. They're in a tough group uh, off the get-go uh, with Spain in there and, and, and France is in there as well. So they'll, they'll have a tough time, but it's, it's a really good basketball team. And, you know, it has a chance to play for a gold medal. There's no question about that. They've got some of the best WNBA players in the world on their team. COVID, no COVID, fans, no fans. Um, Canada will be watching. We always do when the Olympics uh, roll yep. around. And uh, Scott Russell will be uh, at the forefront of that. Uh, we thank you for taking some time for us today. It's nice to see you. And um, we'll see a lot of you starting in a week. Thanks. Bob and John, great to see you guys. Thanks so much. Uh, Scott and Russell. just remember, Sc Scotty, just remember, only seven months to Beijing. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, my friend. <laughs> We'll come back after these messages. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. McCowan and Shannon back with you. And uh, again, thanks to Scott Russell for uh, joining us on the program today. The Olympic Games opening ceremonies a week today. Mm-hmm. And under normal circumstances, I would have known when the Olympics are starting. And I only knew well, I know that in a generic but, sense. Like I knew it was close, but I didn't realize it was just a week away. That's my point. It's I, been I, hidden, I just, right? Well, I, I just think that with all of every other, every other sport going, and I mean, I, I, I find it hard to imagine that we are, a, you know, we are taping this on the 16th of July. I mean, gosh, it feels, it, 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 we should just be starting our, our summer as opposed to being you know in theory halfway through well i make no secret nor apology for my opinion that these olympic games should not be contested now yeah but um that's water under the bridge uh, they've made the determination they're going ahead i i hope that the experiences of operating in a bubble that have been demonstrated by certainly the major North American sports will be adhered to, that the athletes will understand the danger of going outside the parameters that are set for them, and mm -hmm. that 
the vast majority of them uh, remain safe. Well, and, and when you when you look at uh, the the uh, the recent uh, UEFA tournament, the Euro tournament, there uh, it, COVID didn't appear to be a factor at all uh, for very much of anything for players or for fans. Uh, but then Thursday night, Bob, New York Yankees, Boston Red Sox, I don't know, postponed where. because of COVID, and and now you wonder. Ooh, were any of those Yankees, were they at the All-Star game in Denver? And w- what happens now? I mean, if I'm Major League Baseball, I'm a little I'm a little scared. Well, and with all the variants that are out there now, I mean, um, yeah. there are people who have been fully vaccinated who are testing positive. Uh, for well, new- you can still get it. It's just you're, you're, you're probably... You're, well, it's, I get it's that. It's like when you get your flu vaccine. When you get your flu vaccine, your normal flu vaccine, you, you can still get the flu, but you just don't get the symptoms. I get that, yeah. but if you are positive, then you can, you are a conductor and you yeah. can affect others that aren't vaccinated who may be in a lot more trouble than you. So yeah. um, these are all the things we will, um, we will observe during these Olympic games and do not make a mistake. There will be athletes, maybe a lot, maybe only a handful who will have to pull out because they contracted the virus during these mm-hmm. uh, during these games. Uh, I have no yeah. doubt about that. Second half of the baseball season starts very quickly. Um, you know, we watched the All-Star game, and certainly the four Blue Jays were very impressive. Got a lot of attention. There was a lot of focus on this team. America, for lack of a better term, woke up to the fact that the Blue Jays have a very, very good young baseball team one of the announcers said look out for the blue jays in the second half do you think baseball should be looking out for the blue jays or this or or, or is this still a work in progress i i I tend to think the latter um uh, because uh, as as great as they are at the plate because that's where they're great they're as great as they are at the plate they're still you know, there's the left side of the infield still, you know, gives you a, a bit of concern. The bullpen gives you concern. The health of the starting pitchers gives you concern. Um, but but there's no question that, uh, and as Buck said early in the week, uh, you can see a spark, you know, prior to the greatness of this team that occurred in 86 and then in 92 and 93. You can, this, this to him is like 84 and 85 and, and, so they're on, they're on going in the right direction, but I, I, I still think it's a work in progress. And what I don't want uh, management to do, I don't want Ross and Mark to do is go and mortgage part of the future uh, for the short-term goal of getting to the playoffs. Yeah. And that's exactly where I'm going with this thing too. Um, there is always the risk of, of, okay, the dream is there. It's possible. And you, you know, in 2015, um, Alex Anthopoulos went for it with a team that was one game under 500 on July 31st Mm -hmm. and they won. They, they won the division. But he had, he had, I think, I think, I think Alex will tell you privately, he had mitigating circumstances. He had nothing to lose. Uh, and, and went for it. I don't argue that. Yeah. I don't argue that. Um, but, he went out and got position players principally that, that made a significant difference. This team, I don't okay. think has to, this team does not have to go out 
and add a position player. They might. No, but they also went and got David. Wasn't that the, the, the summer they got David Price too? Yeah. And that was pretty significant too. I think he went seven and one. Not only that, not only that, he gave every player uh, a house coat and a scooter. Well, good. Is there somebody else out there that's um, inclined to give gifts, bring gifts to uh, <laughs> Buffalo? Only to the podcast. Only, um, we only want gifts for the podcast. So. You're so selfish. <laughs> and well, I just, I think, I think there are too many uncertainties on this team right now that might be solved next year if, if guys come back, especially pitchers, and are healthy. And you can go through free agency and maybe pluck another arm. Um, but to make a deal to chase a spot in the playoffs this year, I, I, I just Not think so they're sure. a little too far away. Me too. Not quite too. ready. Yeah, yeah. So, but we will find out over the next... Um, couple of weeks that's all we got by the by the way uh there will be a little hockey talk uh, coming up next week when the next time we meet uh the um the all the nhl teams will have put in their reserve lists their their lists for the expansion draft so there's going to be lots of players and discussions up there of who who all the canadian teams protected and who they didn't protect and i'm sure there'll be a few more buyouts before we we meet again on uh on monday well, we will uh, chat about that, but we're going to do golf on Monday, are we not? Yeah, we're going to do it, but we're going to do it like I, we're going to pull a few rabbits out of our hat when it comes to hockey next week to have some fun. So, but we're, yeah, we're going to talk with Ian and Richard about uh, Royal St. George's and uh, the golf course with one tree. One tree. Yeah. <laughs> it's well, a beautiful golf course. Better than no trees, I guess. Well, actually, no, it's not better uh, than no trees. As, here, here, be here's better the if deal. it had no trees. I will guarantee you that I would hit it. So, <laughs> <laughs> if I recall, if I crawl, recall correctly, it's it's way far into the rough. I mean, you'd have to hit it. Really yes, I know that tree. Well, I mean, it's not it's not in the line of play anywhere. In any no. event, uh, y'all have yourselves a swell weekend, and we'll uh, catch you on Monday if the crick don't rise for John Shannon, Bob McCowan. See ya.